This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. And today I'm joined by Simon Kings North, Global Head of Digital Marketing at Citibank. Simon, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm very, very well. And uh, you're in London, I take it. I am over in Canary Wharf. Good old London yeah. for Canary Wharf, the, the very shiny, glossy bit. That's it, yes. <laughs> yes, I like Canary Wharf. Um, so let's start off. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing at Citibank. Sure. So um, I, I head up digital marketing for City in the private bank. Um, my role really is, is about, um, I guess, transforming digital, the, the business and the industry really within private banking. has not done an awful lot of digital in the past. So, you know, I've been here for a while now um, establishing good digital marketing principles and building uh, great experiences for our clients um, and prospects. That's, that's pretty much my goal, as broad as that sounds. Now, we're going to be talking about um, building a strategy for 2017. Very well timed, because hopefully this podcast should be going out before Christmas. <laughs> um, generally, though, Simon, where I mean, where's the technology headed? What trends are we seeing and how do they sort of impact our strategy from a sort of, a, sort of you know, web marketing perspective? Yeah, great question. I think um, you know, technology, obviously, when you work in digital, technology is is vital, and st- keeping your finger on the pulse of that is um, is really important. And there are some certainly some very clear trends uh, at the moment in technology and sort of experience around that as well. I, I think it's generally agreed within the community that experience is really the differentiator these days. And you look at a lot of businesses coming in, and especially in my world, in sort of the the the, the financial services world, a lot of fintechs are starting up, and the reason those guys are being successful in their early days is because they're creating fantastic experiences, mm. which is an area that some of the corporations have, have fallen down on a little bit in the past. Um, so so that is, is a, uh, experience is, is a really important differentiator. And there's a lot of technology nowadays that, that allows you to achieve that. And, and you know, not only is it a differentiator, but it's, uh, it's an expectation these days as well. So um, you, having, the, having the technology in place to enable your business to take advantage of creating a really strong experience is important. And and that is, is where a lot of the key trends move in terms of tech. So we look at, um, for example, your virtual reality and augmented reality. You know, these have been you know, fun, enjoyable things that have been going around for a a couple of years. Obviously, virtual reality has been around for decades, but you know, really in its in its mainstream form is, is starting to take off in the last couple of years. Yes. It still seems quite sci-fi, but it really is going into the mainstream now. And, and we need to consider within within our world and, and our positions within digital how that might impact us over the next couple of years. You know, we are seeing you know, augmented reality experiences uh, being used and being used very successfully, not just across social media, um, but also within virtual reality. As that starts to take off, and certainly some of the headsets are, are coming out and doing doing very well now around PlayStation and HTC and various others, are we going to see a trend here towards people browsing within these things as well? It, mm. it might seem a bit unrealistic in the immediate term, but I think this is entirely realistic in, in the short to medium term. So, um, so you know, I think if we do have people browsing within virtual reality, we get into a situation where there's potentially spherical browsing, right? You can look up, you can look down, yes. you, know, you can use your gestures to control the, the, the sites that you're browsing and the experiences that you're involved in. And you know, thinking about how we take advantage of that is in, going to increasingly become important. So you know, the last revolution, I would say, in experience was probably the responsive design piece, which you know, a lot of us still haven't got to yet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we should do, but perhaps haven't. Um, but, you know, the next revolution for me is, is really sort of 360 um, or, or um, uh, spherical browsing. And that, that's a really interesting area to consider. I, I think the other two really key trends really are around um, the Internet of Things, uh, which obviously has been, again, another buzz phrase for a while. Um, as that's starting to, to take off a lot more, uh, we're starting to see that become a bit more of an ecosystem. Uh, you know, Apple have obviously recently launched their, their home app so you can control various devices. Um, that's really the beginning of this journey mm. as, as all of these different devices that are in the home start to start to be coordinated and, and speak to each other and therefore automate your experiences. Mm. So yeah, if, if, you're, um, if your heating knows that you're coming home and is turning itself on, why isn't it also recording your favorite TV program if it can see you're running late, for example? Why aren't these things talking to each other? So yeah. Yeah, that will increasingly become the trend. But that then lends itself to voice control systems, right? So if you're searching for something, you're going to be searching through asking your technology to do a task or to find out some information for you rather than typing something in. Um, so we need to be within digital aware that, that that changes people's behaviors, that changes the language they use, it changes their thought patterns, the way you type and the way you think are very different. Um, so those, those areas of technology are important. And then finally, um, autonomy is the other area. Um, so obviously there's an awful lot around autonomous cars at the moment mm. um, and, and, and uh, machine learning and that, that whole area is fascinating. But as as autonomous vehicles start to take off, this has a huge effect on behavioral change. So all of those people who are commuting, for example, um, in their car, uh, which I think, if I'm right, is about 60% of commuters are in, in a car, yeah. um, those people will suddenly have a free time and they'll be able to browse. That changes the entire behavioral system. All the analytics data we have on, on when people shop and how they shop changes fundamentally once those commuting hours open up to, to have some free time so so these areas are all coming along they're all coming along quickly and, and we can expect to see some some movement on them in 2017 and we should all be giving them some thought around what that means to our digital strategy for next year now content strategy i know we we always talk about content strategy on this program um but i'm specifically interested in the sort of the trends and principles within content strategy how do you see those sort of panning out next year yeah, I mean, content is, is obviously central to, to everything we do, really, and, and, and that's increasingly so. Whether you choose to say content is king or content is queen and context is king, and there's a thousand of these phrases out there, right? So so it's hugely important to, to any strategy, not just digital, but any marketing strategy as a whole. You know, I, I think in terms of the principles, um, you, you, we need everyone should be having working to the basis of having a, a proactive and a reactive um, uh, element to their strategy. So when I say that, what I mean is that your proactive content strategy is effectively your content plan. So looking ahead and saying, what do we know? What do we know is happening in our industry? What do we know is happening in the calendar of world events, sporting events? What's, what do we know is, is going to happen in the news? So, for example, you can predict Brexit. You can predict a U.S. election. You might not be able to predict the result, but you know something's going to happen. So mm. you can proactively plan for that. So having a really good, solid content plan that you can forecast and therefore build some content around is one side of it. The other side is the reactive principle. So this is less about planning and more about process. 
Um, so when these things do happen, when you do suddenly find out that Trump has unexpectedly won the election, you can react to that in real time. Now, that's a lot more challenging, actually, in some industries than it is in others. And, and me working in financial services, you know, we have legal and compliance hurdles that some industries may not have that we had to jump through, and especially in a global role when you've got different regions who want to get involved and they're all on different time zones. You, know, you can have a lot of challenges around getting things signed off and out the door quickly. But but having really strong processes to enable you to turn around content within you know, an hour or two or certainly a day or two um, is really important. You know, people do expect good, relevant and recent content. Um, so the reactive side is, is important. So in terms of principles, that's important. And differentiating your content also across your different channels is really important, not just having one content strategy and then slapping the same pieces out across Facebook and Twitter and your blog and your logged in website and to your advocacy. You, know, you need to really have um, a, a content strategy that, that does put out different content on the different channels as they're appropriate. So Twitter is much more around quick information and newsworthy information. Facebook, much more around lifestyle and, and, and true experiences. Mm. Uh, LinkedIn, much more you know, professionally focused. And you, you need to understand these, these different um, audiences and, and, and differentiate accordingly. You know, in terms of trends, I think for me, the two trends in content are uh, are around one authenticity, and this is something I, I preach about quite a lot um, on my blog and, and various places. But being authentic in what you produce is really important. Just latching on to the latest trend and talking about it when really, as a brand, you have no right to be talking about that is just going to seem like advertising and just trying to force yourself in. And yeah. consumers are far more skeptical now than they ever have been. So, mm. you know, they, they don't really respond well these days to brands inauthentically just trying to be involved in a conversation to be cool or to latch onto a trend. So you're finding a way to, to twist um, the, the, the story, to twist the, the event around something that's relevant for you is important. And if you can't do that, then you shouldn't really be involved in that conversation. Um, and that's where that proactive planning piece comes in. You know, if you can see that an event is coming up that clearly a lot of people are going to be talking about in the world, you want to latch some content into that. You need to find a way to authentically do that. Um, I mean, an example of this is something I did a couple of years ago, actually, on, on the World Cup. Um, when the, um, uh, the World Cup was coming up, I was working in an investment business at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it'd be great to be involved in the World Cup. Everyone was talking about it. But you know, really, an investment company talking about football doesn't make any sense, right? Just, no. just trying to be cool and fit in with the football yeah. speak makes no sense. Um, so the concept we came up with was, was the World Cup of Economies, where we pitch the countries. We take the countries as they're pitched in the, in the World Cup. And if it was the economies battling against each other, who would win? Mm. Um, and that's quite interesting for someone who's interested in investments to see which which of these strong economies work out and who beats who and who therefore would win this World Cup. And you can release that as the games come out. But it also latches on the back of the fact the World Cup is going on. So there's some relevancy to their lives as well. Um, so yeah, that, that's just a fun way to sort of twist you know, a piece of content, but still be authentic in your message. And that's, um, that, that is, is one of those trends. The other trend is obviously video, which is... You know, soared over the last 10 years really and is, yeah. is now you know the majority of data around is, is video of course um and uh, you know i think understanding how to really capitalize that on that is important it's not as simple as just having a youtube channel anymore you, know, you really there's there's obviously live video across social media there's 360 video which is a fantastic opportunity also considering you know vertical video um, i think this is something a lot of people um neglect on on social media you know when people are using social media they're primarily using it on a phone or a smaller device hmm. um, and when they're doing that they're not holding it sideways right they're holding it portrait so yeah. why do we continue to film our videos 
landscape when we know people are watching them portrait. It doesn't make sense. Um, so a lot of considerations about how you can use video um, and how we can be authentic. I think those are the two really key trends to, to keep in mind for 2017. Now, earlier on, you mentioned experience. I was just wondering about how that's going to pan out next year. Do you think there's more focus on experience these days? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, experience, as I said earlier, is, is definitely the, the differentiator now. Uh, it's an expectation. You know, I think you, 10 years ago, you could get away with having an experience that was perhaps a little wobbly at times. 20 years ago, certainly, it was painful just to, just to connect to the internet 20 years ago, so you could certainly get away with it. Nowadays, definitely not. People expect the experience to be smooth. They expect you to understand them. They expect it to be consistent across any device, work in any device, work very fast. And there's no excuse for it nowadays. It's absolutely an expectation to have a really strong experience. And as I say, that is why a lot of the, the, the fintechs and the smaller businesses win because they focus on the, the experience side first. They haven't got so many legacy issues to work their way out of. Um, so, you know, really next year, Anyone who's not got this right by 2017 is going to find themselves getting into, I think, quite a bit of trouble here now. So, you know, you need to have an experience that is absolutely device agnostic. It has to be across any device, across any platform you're running. So, whether you're running apps, whether you're running secure logged in areas, whether you're running uh, your 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 website purely, and that's that's responsive. You whatever your experience is, it has to work consistently. It has to work quickly. It has to work on any device at any time. Uh, and that, that is absolutely essential for next year. Uh, and I think one of, the, one of the key trends within that is, is of course, data. Mm. So much data available now. I think you know, people get a little bit scared by big data and microdata. And you know, we love in, in digital to throw acronyms and, and catchphrases around, don't we? But uh, Metadata. Uh, Metadata, yeah, but you pick it. But anything before data has probably been used at some point. <laughs> um, so, you know, for me, the, the, the data piece is it's so important. There's so much available to us. And you don't need to be working with, with a DMP and, and you don't need to have a hugely complex data setup to take advantage. You can just use your, you know, if you, if you don't have the money, you don't have the resource, you can still just use Google Analytics or, or whatever you have available to you to, to interrogate it and understand this, this data in a lot more detail and, and make decisions off the back of that. But there has to to be now um, a really smart understanding of who your users are and your experience has to be clean and clear and fast and it's been it's been heading this way for a while now but next year anyone not who hasn't got a good responsive device agnostic experience um, is going to start to seriously lose out in my opinion mm. now there's an interesting meme that seems to be going around at the moment i've, I've seen it once or twice sort of this recent sort of I think it's fairly recent, this thought of sort of does digital exist anymore and does anyone really know how to do digital? What are your thoughts on that going to next year? Yeah, the old, the old digital is dead. Yeah, long mm. live digital. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, um, it's an interesting one. And um, I've been speaking to a number of people about this for the last couple of years, actually. And I think it's an interesting, interesting area. I mean, the, the idea to some people that digital is dead will seem crazy, right? Digital really is... is is perhaps only starting to take off but mm. the, you know the concept really around digital is dead is is that you know digital is a is a transition really so moving moving people from you know not being very good at the digital side to being digitally enabled is is a process that the businesses are going through so you know where the, those businesses that have, have perhaps had some websites 
but you know, they don't have the analytics in place. They don't have apps. They don't have a good data set up. Um, you know, they, you know, they don't have the people internally who understand digital. Perhaps the structure isn't quite right um, to, to manage and make those decisions around digital effectively. Perhaps there's some confusion about what digital is. Is digital marketing? Is digital technology? Well, really, it's neither. Um, so digital really... Um, for a lot of people is is a transition phase. And once we get to the end of this transition, mm. everything we do will have a digital angle to it. We won't be thinking about press advertising and display advertising. We just think about advertising and, and the principles should apply across everywhere, really. So, um, so once we're there, digital is so embedded in the organization as it is in the mind of a client, by the way. I think that's really important as a you know, a user, an individual out there in the world is not thinking when I speak to this organization, am I, am I speaking to their digital side or am I speaking to their offline side? Or, yeah. It doesn't work like that. Obviously, mm -hmm. as a customer, you just expect the right experience across every channel. And that's how the organizations need to be set up. So that's why this sort of digital is dead trend is going around, which is an interesting one. So, um, so it depends on what your position is. But, but for me, the the key things here are about the structure of the organization and and you know i mentioned is digital tech is digital marketing for me it's neither um your know, digital is about bringing your organization together it should be a layer in, in everything you do and to make that happen you need to have it built into the structure of your organization now that doesn't necessarily mean you need a big hundred strong digital team uh, but it certainly means you need digital people and you need a digital person on the leadership team and this is absolutely firmly my belief you know having um, just 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 pushing digital off into your CMO or your CTO or your CIO or, you know, you, you name it, someone in the C-suite who perhaps doesn't really understand it. And some CTOs and some CMOs absolutely do. But pushing it into someone on the leadership team who doesn't get it just because there's no one on the leadership team who does is not the right thing to do. Mm. You know, having someone there who fully understands it and can embed it and drive it within the organization is important. It can't be something that's just left down at the bottom and, and there's no senior representation. So, so fitting your organization to, to be able to, to establish digital is important. It can't just be something in your values of we are a digital organization and then it's just lip service. You know, really, your, your business has to be structured to it. So, so that's sort of where, um, where the digital is dead piece is coming from. I, th I think it's hugely um, important that, that structures reflect that. Yeah, interesting that you mentioned the transition because perhaps a better, a better, more accurate meme would be, well, the transition to digital is almost over. And now we're sort of in digital. We're so in it, we can't really see it anymore. It's just, it's, it's back to marketing again, but it just happens to be digital. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's true. And I think some organizations have, have, actually, got all, have actually probably finished the, the, the digital transformation, if you like. Um, mm. you know, I think a lot of them are, are at the end of that process and they are working as, as one clear ecosystem within marketing which is great others have, have not started so yeah we are really in the middle of this game i think we're probably we're probably another few years three four five years away from from organizations really having done this but mm. we're probably i would say 10 percent of organizations have finished 20 percent of organizations haven't started and the rest are somewhere in between so looking forward to next year then simon i mean pick pick one trend that you feel would be big next year yeah okay i, I would say the big one is is personalization, right? So, you know, I've talked a little, little bit about experience and, and this is linked to that, um, but personalization is really a key trend. We go back to this data point, right? So there's so much data out there available at the moment um, and you do need data to get this right. But again, the expectation is that the experience is not only fantastic, but the expectation is increasingly becoming the experience is not, not just great for everyone who visits your site, but it's great for me. You should know who I am. There's no reason for you not to know who I am. Now, 
obviously there are privacy concerns in here. There are some people who absolutely don't want you to know who who they are. Um, so that needs to be considered within your strategy. But but really, there is a big expectation, especially from younger audiences, that that you understand them and you know them on an individual basis. You don't talk to them about things they're not interested in. You know, they have engaged with you. They've liked pieces of your content. They've spoken to you on the phone. Why don't you know who they are? Why don't you understand them? So, and this is beyond, you know, this is personalization that goes way beyond the dear Andy. Yeah, that's, that's great. Salutations, fantastic. That's been around for, for a long, long time. Mm. But this is really down to an individual basis. So if I'm coming to your site and I'm engaging with certain pieces of content and not with others, why aren't you serving those to me? So I come to your, your, your website, you're selling cars, for example. You know, I'm always engaging with your 4x4 content. I never engage with your convertible content. Why are you sending me emails about buying a convertible? Why, mm. when I land there, am, am I seeing your full range of cars? Why aren't you pushing the 4x4s? You know what I'm looking for. You know, why can't you help me shop more effectively? So mm. this sort of personalization is, is, is increasingly becoming expected. Um, there's a lot of technology out there available now to allow you to do that. Um, you can do it not you can do it not just through your experience on the website, but obviously you can do it through your advertising. Um, so using um, you know, we talked about DMPs earlier, and you know using those to 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 coordinate data together to to make it as as individual as you can, um, whether that's including or excluding individuals. Um, there's there's an awful lot there that that can be done. So for me, that's the trend. I think I think in 2017 and and certainly. 2018, people will increasingly expect you to know who they are, not to serve them rubbish, um, and just to help them have a, a really true personal experience. And that's that's the direction of travel, I think, for, for the internet generally. Well, Simon, thanks so much for coming on. Let's just finish off. Um, tell our listeners a bit more about you, how they can find out about you. And you've written a book, haven't you? Tell us about your book. I have, yeah, yeah. So my, my book, Digital Marketing Strategy, came out in May. Uh, it's going very well. So it's all selling globally, which is which is always nice to hear. And um, it's being used in a, a number of universities as, as core reading now as well. So that's that's always a nice nice to know. People are getting some benefit from it as well. So mm. um, so if you wanted to have a bit more of a an understanding about pulling a, a digital strategy together, and, and many of you listening, I'm sure, will already be fantastic at this. But it it takes the principles of, of good business and marketing strategy and applies them to to digital and, and how to to produce a really robust strategy. So that's that's certainly available, I guess, in all good bookstores. Is that the thing we say? Yes, you still uh, say that these days. <laughs> and um, and yeah, you can follow me on on Twitter at the Kings North, um, and my my blog's available through there as well. So um, so by all means, um, get in touch. Always, always want to hear from people and, and have really interesting conversations. So, it'd be great to hear from anyone. So, Simon, if you send us a link to your book, I'll endeavour to have it put in the show notes for you. My pleasure. I'll certainly do that. So, thank you for listening, everyone. The show notes are at the normal place, sitevisibility.com/slash/impodcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, if you want to connect with me personally, I'm Doctor Pod D O C T O R P O D on LinkedIn and Twitter. And we're looking to do some more questions and answers. Um, I nearly said videos, and they're audios, aren't they? Shows. Let's call them shows in the future. So, uh, two ways to uh, send your questions and comments to us. The email is podcast at sitevisibility.com. And the magic phone number is uh, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. So that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Simon. Cheers, Andy. Thanks. Take care. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Mm-hmm.